Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, we are in the subject of the call of God, and this will be lesson number 36. So we are going, we are, today we are going to talk about the reason why God gave the fivefold ministry gifts to the church. And so, you know, and we'll find that from Ephesians. We'll start with Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 to 16, which tells us the reason why God gave the fivefold ministry gifts to the church. And in Ephesians 4, verses 8 to 16, it says, Wherefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captives and gave gifts unto men. Now he, now that he ascended, was it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above heavens that he might fill all things. So he's talking about when Jesus died and uh, he went down to Hades, that's the lower parts of the earth. And from there he came up, rose from the dead and he seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what he's referring to. But he said that he when Jesus rose from the dead, he led captivity captive. Now, Satan was the one who was uh, who held people captive. But Jesus went into the pit, into Hades, and the Bible says he preached the gospel and he took the prisoners free. Those who Satan had held as prisoners in that horrible place, Jesus, he set them free. And so he defeated captivity. He took captivity captive. And I like that because it really means that the very principle of captivity by which Satan holds people captive, Jesus took that principle of captivity captive. And then it says, then, and he gives gifts unto men. Then he gave gifts unto men. And these are the gifts that Jesus has given unto men. These are gifts that Jesus himself has personally given to the church and given to people. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. He said he gave some apostles. There were five gifts he gave here. And that's why we call them the fivefold ministry gifts. And these are each one. They're all different and they all fulfill a, a different purpose. Each one. He gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers, right? Now, uh, interestingly enough, I just want to introduce a little thought here, because some people, uh, some people, because it doesn't say that there's five ministry gifts, but we say five full ministry gifts because we count them, and they're five, but some scholars say, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I just want to submit to you that the conjunction between pastors and teachers, they actually indicate that the pastor and the teacher are the same person. He says, so So, in, if that theory was to be true, there's actually four ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers, pastor teachers. So what they mean that uh, a pastor should be a teacher because a pastor, that's what he should be doing. I mean, uh, uh, that's what a pastor, you know, some churches, they say they have a pastor, then they have a teaching pastor. So what does the senior pastor do if he doesn't teach? What does he do? Uh, which is, uh, for me, it's quite, it's nonsensical because a pastor should be a skillful teacher. That is one of the prerequisites of the job of a pastor. A pastor should be able to teach. He shouldn't be the best teacher in the world, of course, but 
he should be able to teach his flock, teach his congregation and bring them up. And so uh, that is the that is that one understanding of this. There's actually four ministry gifts and uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and then pastor teacher, which makes sense. But the but the traditional understanding, and that's what that's what I'm going with here. When we make this study, I want to go with the traditional understanding is that there's five full ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now, I don't want to start a debate or a discussion, but it's interesting to think that there are sometimes different ways people interpret things that are out there. And this is one of those when it comes to the fivefold ministry gifts. And then it tells us why he gave these gifts to the church. He says, number one, for the perfecting of the saints. That's in verse uh, 12. Now the perfecting, the word perfect actually in the New Testament actually means mature. When it says perfect, it doesn't mean that one is perfect is in the sense we know the word perfect, but it means mature for the maturing of the saints, to bring the saints to maturity. So the first job is to <coughs> the fivefold ministry gifts of all five of the ministry gifts. Okay. All five should be, they do five, they do distinct things. And apostle does, his work is distinct from a prophet's, which is distinct from an evangelist, which is distinct from a pastor's or a teacher's. But there are certain things they have in common. And the first thing is that they all work to bring the saints into maturity. So a good pastor, teacher, evangelist, you know, or uh, apostle or prophet, should actually be bringing believers into maturity. I'm, you know, I'm a man of God. I'm called by God. I'm in the fivefold ministry gift. So one of the things that should be happening whenever I minister is that people should be coming to maturity. So for the, for the maturing, the perfecting of the saints. Then he says, for the work of the ministry. This is interesting. So this is the fivefold ministry gifts. These the apostles, the prophets, the teachers the past, you know, the pastors, the evangelists, one task that they have is in the church, that is to bring the people into maturity. Then the other task they have is the work of the ministry. That means for an apostle, it should be out on the field where he is uh, planting churches and establishing, uh, you know, and empowering people and moving on to the next place. That's, and the prophet the prophet should be uh, should be the one having the prophetic vision uh, and and seeing uh, hearing the things of god and presenting them to the church and then you have the evangelist the evangelist is the outreach arm of the church and the evangelist should be out there among the sinners and then the pastor the pastor should be among the saints teaching them bringing them to maturity doing his ministry and the ministry of a pastor is among the saints and then teachers Teachers should be teaching uh, the, uh, the believers, helping them to grow in maturity. So here we see that, uh, say, for example, an evangelist, uh, an evangelist, his, let's just pick out one, okay, because the, the different, because the unique thing about the evangelist is that his ministry is out on the field among where the sinners are, only, almost exclusive out there. But he should not only be exclusively out there. He should also be in the churches to perfect the saints, if you understand what I mean. So although an evangelist ministry is out there, he should also be in here perfecting the saints. So this, so the first thing 
you know, for all five ministries is that they should be perfecting the saints. So they should be working with the saints because God is so concerned about his children, about believers. And God wants believers to come into maturity. He wants them to grow up. So because of that, he has given them these fivefold ministry gifts to, to minister there, to minister to them. And then, so that's the first thing that the fivefold ministry gifts do in the church. And, and, and then the second thing they do is do their respective ministries, whether it's in the church or it's out on the field or wherever they are, they do that also. So now when it comes to perfecting of the saints, let me just say a few things about the perfecting of the saints. Uh, say, for example, uh, I'm speaking from the perspective, let's talk about an evangelist. So sometimes the church will have an evangelist and they say, well, we already have one evangelist. We don't need a, another evangelist. Yes, you do. You know why? Because all evangelists are not the same. All prophets are not the same. All teachers are not the same. All pastors are not the same. All apostles are not the same. Although they carry the same label, you say so-and-so is an evangelist or so-and-so is an apostle, the label may be the same, but the way they do things is different. The way God uses them is different. Everyone is unique. So that is why a church that is healthy needs exposure to as many different kinds of ministers as possible. So a church should have several evangelists come in and because you, they'll find out they're all different. And I want to learn from how God uses this evangelist. Then I want to learn from how God uses that evangelist. And that is how people mature and grow. Instead of saying, uh, well, we have one evangelist. And in fact, we have an evangelist. Like one pastor said to me, I don't have an evangelist anymore because I have an evangelist on staff in the church. That's all we need. That is foolishness. You need like it's like saying, oh, we need don't need anyone to come in and teach in our church because we have one teacher uh, or, or we don't want to invite any singers to come and and do music in the church because we already have one singer in the church. You can't do that. We need exposure to bring the body to uh, to maturity, to grow up into perfection. We need exposure to many, many, many different uh, facets of ministry to many different men and women of God who God uses in different ways. So we need that, uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, uh, the, the whole spectrum, the multiple spectrum of spiritual gifts in the church. So that is the first thing they do. They, the fivefold ministry gifts, they edify. I mean, they, they bring the church, the saints into maturity. And then uh, then for the work of the ministry, then they do their respective ministries on the field that they anointed for. Then they also, then the third thing is for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the perfection of the saints is individual saints. You, you teach things that, the, you know, that saints can use, that the saints can use, teach them on faith or teach them on their walk with God, teach them uh, or, or, you know, on how to live their life and, and, and how they can be a witness. So that, those are individual things. But the edification of the body are things that build up the whole body as a gen in general. So these are the three things, the main things that if every body who is in the fivefold ministry has to do. The first thing is to build up the saints, bring them to maturity. And the second thing is they do the work of the ministry, the respective ministry, uh, the spe specific, perf uh, the particular ministry that they're called and anointed to do. And the third thing is that they build up the body of Christ. 
And how long did you do this? Well, in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith, until we all come to unity in the faith. And unity in the faith comes, uh, there's only one way to come to unity. Unity, some people think, well, if you, if you stop doing what you're doing and just come under me, we'll have unity. That's not unity. Some people think that's what unity is. Unity is like this. The closer we come to Jesus, the closer we come to the word of God, that's where we have unity because then we see, we believe, and we speak the same language. And that's what we need. So, but God's goal with the church is to bring the church to the unity in the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That's the second thing. Unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And that's why God has raised up the fivefold ministry gifts for the perfecting of the saints, to do the work of the ministry, and to edify, lift up the whole body of Christ. And then until that we all come into the unity of the faith and we all come to the knowledge of Jesus, the Son of God, unto a perfect man so that we are a perfect mature man and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now the man here they're referring to is Jesus Christ because we are the body of Christ so that the body lines up with the head so that we come to the uh, that's how we come to the stature of the fullness of Christ when the rest of the body totally unites with the head. Jesus is the head, we are the body. And that's why the fivefold ministry gifts has been put there by God. So we can raise up the body so that the body comes into unity and the body comes to the same level as the head. So the body is one with the head. And so that's when the power, the life that flows from the head flows to the whole body. And we come to the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the whole body of Christ comes into the fullness of Christ. And that is, now some of you might say, well, you know, will that ever happen? Well, look, that's not the question. The question isn't, will that ever happen? But the question is, isn't that what we should be doing as the fivefold ministry gifts? So as fivefold ministry gifts, we have to remember there's not an individual thing because sometimes you have an apostle out there, he's trying to build up his own little kingdom and his own ministry, you know, this is, these are my churches and they're under me and I'm apostle over them. Then you have an evangelist, he's out there building his own ministry. And, and, and there's sometimes jealousy between evangelists, you know, who has the bigger crowds and who, you know, so you have got competition, you got evangelists. And, and so you have got these prophets and, and, and then you got a pastor, he got his church, that's his kingdom. And, and which he's protecting. So you've got this individualistic ministry mentality and that's a very, very American thing. But it shouldn't be that way because we are supposed to be one body and we are supposed to grow. When we grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ, what happens, these individual distinctions uh, should fall away because they're actually a sign of immaturity and selfishness. A lot of the things that we see are signs of maturity, are actually signs of immaturity. Anytime we talk about uh, things in the kingdom of God as being, this is my domain, this is my territory, these are my people, you know what's happening? What's happening is that we are not growing together with the rest of the body into the fullness of the stature of Christ because in, if you read the Bible, in, in the Bible, you see there's an individual element, personal faith, personal faith in Jesus. We come to Jesus 
uh, and we receive him and we hear from him and walk with him. But at the same time, there's a collective element in which we are the body of Christ. We are the kingdom of God. We are the glorious church full of the light, life and the life of God. And so what happens, we have to find our place in both. And so what happens is that, and the closer we come to to the fullness of the stature in Christ. That's when these individual quirks disappear. And we begin to think more in terms of the kingdom of God than in terms of my ministry and my little thing that, you know, I have my, I must do everything to keep my little organization, my little nonprofit corporation going. It shouldn't be that way. It should be all about Jesus and we are collectively together with him and we share what we have with others. We bless others and others bless us and we walk together. We open doors for others or others open door for us. I introduce my friends to your friends. You introduce your friends to my friends and we all work together and we, we do things together. And so so that God may, the, may get the glory. That is the whole thing. So that's and, and, and that is uh, one of the tasks of the fivefold ministry gifts. That's why God has raised up fivefold ministry gifts. So you see, you can see that uh, uh, these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they, they, they perfect the saints, they build up the saints, then they do the work of the ministry, then they edify the whole body of Christ, and with the goal of bringing the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man. So we are all one perfectly in Christ unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. Hallelujah. Then it says that we henceforth be no more children. That means we grow up. We grow up. We are not like kids in a sandbox playing with my toys and saying, this is mine. Don't touch that. And you stay in your corner. No, we, we shall no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So he says, when we come to that maturity, when we come to that unity, when we come to the fullness of Christ, that is when we, we will grow out of childishness and childish games and we will not be tossed to and fro and we will not be carried about with every wind of doctrine because one of the bane, uh, banes of the churches is the way Christians carried, get carried away by different things. And so we've got to, you know, keep our vision. And what are we really here for? We are here to fulfill the great commission, to preach the gospel to every creature, to win the whole world for Jesus Christ, and to make them disciples and make them followers of Jesus. And that is really our purpose. He didn't tell us to do all these other things. And it is within the context of that, that we build up the believers. So we all have to, you know, spiritual maturity means to come down and focus on what it is all about. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. And it takes spiritual maturity to do that, to be so that we are no longer like children tossed about with every wind of doctrine. But he says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in Christ in all things, which is the head, even Christ. For him, for whom the whole body, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now this is great. He said, when we, when we grow up and we come together and the whole body is together, and he said, then what happens? That every joint of the body supplies strength. And that strength supplies 
and, and so the strength I supply, the strength you supply, all our strength come together and it benefits the whole body and we build and the body edifies itself in love. Isn't that wonderful? So that is why the fivefold ministry gifts have been put on this earth so that the fivefold ministry gifts, God can use them to bring, to edify the body, to do the work of the ministry and, and, and to build up the individual believers and then bring the body into maturity. And when the body is brought into maturity and it is joined together with Christ in the fullness of Christ, that's when every joint, every part of the body supplies strength to the whole body. So we all are one together. It's no longer about yours or mine, but it's about ours. And we are one and we supply strength to the whole body. And so what happens then the body edifies itself in love hallelujah we walk in love and we built everybody and so love is the highest thing the highest thing to attain to is this kind of love where we lose our uh, our the, the 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 we still are individuals but we lose the selfishness element of our individuals that means we grow out of childishness and uh, and uh, out of selfishness because there's a difference between being childlike and childish. We should be childlike, but we should not be childish. So we grow out of childishness. That's when the body is strong and it edifies itself in love. Hallelujah. So now in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 27 to 31, it says, now you are, uh, now this is actually, here's in this scripture passage, it's, we see, read about a combination of fivefold ministry gifts and the spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians 12 and also the motivational gifts of uh, uh, of, of the book of Romans it's interesting there's an in there's a combination here these are all important to study it says verses 27 to 31 in 1 Corinthians 12 now you collectively are the body of Christ and individual you are members of it so Collectively, the church, we are the body of Christ. But as individual, we are members of it. So as individuals, we are members of the body of Christ. But collectively, we are together. We together, uh, uh, I mean, all of us together, we are the body of Christ. But individually, we are members of it. Okay? Each part, severally and distinct with each his own place and function. So God has appointed some in the church for his own use. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then wonder workers, then those with ability to heal the sick, helpers, administrators, speakers in different unknown tongues. So if this is interesting because here we see a, a mixture of uh, uh, some of the fivefold ministry gifts and some of the spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians 12 and some of the motivational gifts. So this is says how God has appointed people in the church. And so he says apostles and prophets and teachers. Okay. And uh, then he says wonder workers, those who have miraculous gifts, those who, uh, you know, uh, wonder workers are miracle workers. Then those with ability to heal the sick. That means people who have healing gifts. There are actually, and it's important that we as churches uh, see this, that in our congregations, God has uh, put apostles and prophets and 
teachers and people who have wonder-working, miracle-working gifts. And sometimes like the miracle-working gifts and those with the ability to heal the sick, they're ignored. Pastors are not even a, are interested, but these are people God has put in the church. And it's good that we recognize them and that we make use of them. That is when someone is sick, you know, if you you got sick people in the church and you know people who God uses to heal the sick, bring them out and use them. People who are gifted to heal the sick. Why not? Because God has put them in the church. Why not use the people God has put in the church? Then he says, helpers, administrators, people who, who are good. You know, we talked about helpers, people who help and administrators, people who are good at, uh, at running things. Those God has put. Now, these are not spiritual gifts, but these are motivational gifts. You see the combination. There's five full ministry gifts and 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 there's motivational gifts and there's gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then he says speakers in different unknown languages, people who can speak in tongues in different languages. That's also a gift. Then he says verse 29, are all apostles? No, they're not all apostles. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Do all have the power of performing miracles? Do all possess extraordinary powers of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Now, listen, when you read this, do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He's not talking about this general speaking in tongues, which comes as a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe from the scriptures that every Christian should be baptized with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. But here it's very clear that he's talking about the kind of tongues that is spoken in a congregational meeting that carries a message which needs to be interpreted. Now that is not, there's a difference between general speaking in tongues as I call it, which everybody should be able to do and having the special gift of speaking in different languages and that being interpreted for the congregation. So everybody, Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So uh, everybody should speak in tongues, but Everybody doesn't have that gift where a person speaks and gives a message in a tongue that needs to be interpreted. That's a special gift. Do you see what I'm saying? So he's talking. I want you to understand that. So he says, so it means that different people have different gifts. Different people have different callings. But he says, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces. Uh, and yet I will show you a more excellent way, one that is by better by far and the highest of them by love. So, and then he says, it goes into the next chapter in chapter 13, verses one, two. But if I can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have protect, pro prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. But I have not, and I have sufficient faith so I can remove mountains, but I have not love. I am nothing. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, I gain nothing. So anyway, we will continue with this tomorrow. I'm going to expound on this repeat because he says, uh, <coughs> he talks about um, the fivefold ministry gifts and uh, um, Paul, you know, and, and he talks about the fivefold ministry gifts and he, he has this blend of the fivefold ministry gift and, 
uh, and, and some of the gifts uh, of the nine gifts of the spirit and some of the motivational gifts he talks about them and he says everybody doesn't have all these gifts but there are those who have but he says so seek covet earnestly the best gifts and when he's talking about that he's talking about this combination of uh, motivational gifts and gifts of the spirit uh, and also fivefold ministry gifts he said you should covet and ask god for the best gift he says but i will show you a more excellent way a much higher way and that is the way of love faith worketh by love all these things these gifts of the spirit fivefold ministry gifts motivational gifts the whole church everything should work in the context of love and so we're going to talk about that tomorrow but let's pray father in the name of jesus pray for my brothers and sisters put your hand upon their lives use them mightily for your glory be glorified through us lord and let your purposes fulfilled in us in jesus name amen well god bless you i'll be seeing you again tomorrow bye